Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. This is a very special episode because it features my best friend, Alyssa. For those of you that aren't already aware of who Alyssa is, she is the person that I talk about every time I share my testimony who had been praying for my salvation for 20 long years. We've been best friends since we were two or three years old. I've known her so long, I don't even remember meeting her. And we have been with each other truly through every season of life. And so in this episode, we take it as a Q&A type format where we have questions from Instagram that you guys were asking about our relationship pre-salvation and post-salvation. Alyssa has been a devout Christian since she was a little girl. She was raised in the faith. And I, of course, as we all know, kind of took every other road except Christianity throughout my life. And so in this episode, we just explore what that process looked like throughout the entirety of our friendship, what Alyssa's prayer life looked like, and what our relationship has since blossomed into ever since I came to receive Christ as well. So this is a really special one for the both of us. We actually recorded it a week before I got married, and she was at the peak of her 25th week of pregnancy when we recorded this. So it's a really full circle moment for the both of us just to witness how far we've both come in life and just how the Lord's providence has really blessed both of us so tremendously in these beautiful seasons that we're both in. And so it was a really special recording for the both of us. And we're really, really excited to share it with y'all. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. I'm here with my best friend and sister in Christ, Alyssa. So you guys know Alyssa already from me sharing my testimony since I first started sharing my testimony. She's been my best friend since we were like two years old. She has interceded for me for the past two decades, just praying that the Lord would renew my heart and the Lord so graciously and thank God for me, answered her prayers and saved me. And um, you guys have been asking for another episode with her. We did record one maybe like half a year ago, all about um, basically peak womanhood being biblical womanhood. And since then, Alyssa has actually achieved peak feminine physique and she is pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. I am like two days over 25 weeks. Oh my gosh. So, my yes. baby needs. Yes. Your needs. She oh. is here. She is kicking. She is loving it. She's, uh, she's wonderful. Everyone, it's please keep Alyssa, experience. keep Alyssa and baby Lorelai in your prayers. Um, this is such an exciting time for both of us. At the time of recording, I am six days out from getting married. We get married on April 25th, 2023. Alyssa is my maid of honor and she's going to be pregnant, obviously, during that time. So this is just like one of those turning points in both of our lives just playing out at the same exact time and all glory to God. Our lives are both so incredible because of God's 
hand and the way that he has just orchestrated our lives. And it's so special that we get to just celebrate all of this together. It felt like a really good time to do this episode because, again, you guys have been asking for her to come back. You have a lot of questions for both of us regarding our relationship that we had while I was in New Age and um, what our relationship has developed into since then. And so we're just going to kind of get right into it. Um, you had a lot, a lot to say on Instagram. I, I left an option for Q and A. So, Alyssa, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to start asking some questions. Yeah, sure. I know you had like a whole huge list of them, and I like I you didn't get through all of them, so I'm just going to wing these. Well, we're just going <laughs> to rely on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, we really are. It's the best way, anyway. Um, so. This question is for Alyssa specifically. We have questions that are for me, for her, and then kind of geared toward both of us. So what was the most difficult thing about continuing to pray for me throughout the years? Oh, man. Um, patience, for one. I think patience is the, the first thing that comes to mind. Like, sometimes when we when we pray for things, you know, we have this expectation that, you know, our timing should kind of supersede God's timing and that's not how that works at all. And so, um, you know, praying for somebody for 20 long years was, it was, it was taxing. It really was because there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of fear involved. There was a lot of uncertainty, you know, when you're praying for somebody who you absolutely love and adore, you know, you only want, what's best for them you only want them to share what you what you have and you know to to wait 20 long years and and to watch you kind of go down different paths that you know sometimes would concern me sometimes would aggravate me sometimes would just I would wonder like oh like lord where is her head at right now where is her heart um yeah, it was, I would say patience was the, was the most difficult part, the patience and, and the fear. Mm. For so sure. to that point, did you actually, did you have to pray for yourself for patience? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because there were just times when, um, you know, my, my own, I was struggling with my own emotions throughout the entire thing. You know, like, like I said, when you love somebody and you're so desperate to see them, uh, to see them safe, to see them come to Christ. Um, and that frustration is, is really taking over, um, or that sadness is really taking over. Like that's, that's a time when it's so important to just really be on your knees in prayer. Mm. Um, because, you know, in the course of witnessing to somebody and praying for somebody, um, you never want to find yourself in a situation where you are, so emotionally um, out of whack that you can't properly represent Christ to somebody. And that's like, that's really difficult when you're witnessing to people who you really care about, because the last thing that you want to do is push them away. Um, so very often I would find myself praying um, for, for guidance from the Holy Spirit and just peace of mind. Um, and that he would really just in those moments where it was necessary, really speak for me. Mm. That's really good. <clears throat> I like, there's something you said there that I think is important, um, that 
that that really needs to come across to people watching is that you have to when you're witnessing to someone you have to you have to be doing it in such a way where you are literally the witness of Christ and i think what what i heard right away when you said that was just like being obedient to the lord so when you're walking in obedience to the lord that's going to come through to the people around you and you you witness to them in that sense just by the way that yeah. you're living not just necessarily like the words that you're speaking or the gospel that you're sharing but when you're actually like living the gospel yeah, and part of that is being very, um, very emotionally in control. Right. Uh, because, yeah. Yes, not letting your feelings um, supersede your faith, kind of thing. Right? Yes, that yeah. you put it perfectly. Um. So what what kept you from removing me as a friend? And look, you be totally candid. Did you ever want to, or did you feel like you should? I never felt like I should, but there were definitely times where I was like so frustrated with you. I was like, I want to throw you out of a window. I love you so much, but I want to throw you out of a window. <laughs> um, no, I, I, you have always been family to me. Like there, you were not just some friend that I made, like, you know, arbitrarily in, within the past however many few years like you were my best friend you were my sister you know we've known each other since preschool and I was like you are my family like there's no as much as I want to throw you out of a window like I love you and I'm never going to stop loving you and so no there was there was never a moment where I felt like um I should stop being friends with you um I could say that there were moments where I felt like there were times that I needed to step back maybe um, just because of some of the things that you were personally involved in that I, I knew I, I couldn't get involved in. Um, so sometimes I felt like it was necessary to keep a healthy distance, if that makes sense. Mm. Did you, um, this is kind of my own question. Cause I, I don't think I've ever actually asked you this. Mm -hmm. Did you, like when you saw me start getting into all of that pseudo spiritual stuff, because you grew up kind of with a Christian background, so or with a Christian background, not kind of. Um, did yeah. you did you really like know anything about it? Did you have to kind of do some research to like see exactly what I was getting myself into? Did you ever find yourself like kind of looking into it just so you could better understand what it was? I did a lot. Um, so when you first started getting into it, um, I was kind of under the it wasn't that serious to me at that point because I was like oh my gosh like everybody's getting into this whole new age thing and and from what I understood at the time it kind of meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people like it was it's not something that's practiced uh uniformly um amongst people um that really became apparent when I started to hear uh you and, and other people who are in the new age um, really use this phrase of my truth. Um, and when I, when I heard that, that really, um, that really kind of struck something within me and it, and it caused me to want to delve deeply into that. I wanted to know like, what, what is, what is this? What are the foundational beliefs of, of the new age? And um, really the more, I got into my study of it, the kind of more 
horrified I became. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I think that feeling of like being kind of horrified didn't come until a little bit later. Like there was definitely a period of time where I didn't take it very seriously because I just, I didn't know. I really, it it was so kind of out there and it was, Mm -hmm. there was just so much to it. So many different aspects. Nobody could really give you a straight answer as far as like what it really means. And so it was really when I had started to study it and get down to the roots of new age that I was like, wow, this is way more than just like people collecting rocks and um, playing with cards and stuff. Right. And I think, I think like something I, I don't, something I never really put two and two together with before is that like God used you to obviously um, witness to me, but God also used me and the, and the path that I was on to actually show you like the reality of the darkness. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Because there was a time, like I remember, um, if I can kind of mark your, your journey through the new age where it started off as kind of like very casual. Um, and then it started to take a very spiritual turn. And I think it was when it really started to take a spiritual turn that it truly started to, well, it concerned me the entire time, but like my alarm bells were really going off. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to be candid, um, it was a, it was a conversation that you and I had had about the passing of your grandmother. Um, I remember like you and I, we were sitting at your mom's kitchen table at her house and, um, you were describing to me all of these signs that you believed that you were, um, experiencing specifically from her. Um, and that just, that absolutely sent warning bells off, you know, in, in my heart, (laughs) I was the Holy spirit was like, that's not right. That's not right. Like, Oh my goodness, that's not right. Um, and I remember, uh, trying to very, um, very gently, uh, explain to you that that is not, um, what you're experiencing. And, um, you know, it, it, I don't know if that planted any kind of any kind of seed, but um, I know for a while you were you were very convinced, and and that's when my prayers for you started to change a little bit from uh, like Lord, you know, please, you know, please reach out to her, please, please touch her heart to Lord protect her, mm. protect her because she's starting to wander down paths that are very very dangerous. So to that note, so a lot of people ask this question, what, what did your prayers kind of look like? Um, because we all know there's like no right way or wrong way to necessarily pray, but people are curious, how did you pray for me? That varied. <laughs> um, you know, when you, when you pray and when you're alone with God and you're feeling a lot, you know, your prayers can look like so many different things. I mean, your prayers can be um, full of tears. They can be full of anger, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there were a few times where, um, you know, I really, I was really, like, on my knees. Um, 
you know, praying for you, particularly uh, when you would express, uh, you know, wandering down these very dark spiritual paths. Um, you know, I and I was praying for protection and, and for, for you and for um, just for your eyes and your heart to be open to, to what it is that you're, you're really getting yourself into. Um, so the, I can't say that I ever had one specific prayer, but I can say that the one thing that always came to mind whenever I was praying for you was that Bible verse, be anxious for nothing, you know, be anxious for nothing. Um, because I had a lot of anxiety when it came to you. <laughs> I just, I love you so much. You're my sister. And I was just so afraid. And yet in a place where I knew I had to truly just, I had to give you to God. You mm -hmm. know, I, I could only do so much, you know, it's not our job as people to save other people. Um, you know, there's always that, that element of free will. Um, but, and which is definitely the cause of much anxiety, but, um, you know, that's, that's really like how I was, how I was praying for you. I was thanking God that I had you in my life and I was praying to him that he would keep me calm and that he would keep me from, you know, from my anxiety bleeding over to you. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, I just constantly prayed that, that it would be within his will that, that your heart would be open. Yeah. That's, I think that's so special. Thank you. <laughs> um, as you said, like you would pray for my protection. There are certain things that would, I think back to my time in new age where it's kind of like very clear that even while I was on that path, like God still, I was still on his mind. I, yes, you were, th there were things like that. I, I could never quote do like my, my, my yoga business never took off the way I wanted. Reiki never took off the way I wanted. Yeah. Th there were certain things that like, I couldn't, I couldn't like channel the way other people could. Like I couldn't get the aliens to like, I couldn't hear their voices. Um, yeah. Like there were things I tried that I just couldn't do and that just weren't happening. There were like blocks and it, it was God's providence. So thank you for praying those prayers of protection. And I think the audience needs to hear that. Pray for yeah. protection over the people in new age that you know. Um, and then yeah, that else. is definitely, that's definitely like on that note, because like going back to my own study of the new age and, you know, listening to people talk about what it is that they experienced um, what it is that they try to get themselves into. Um, I was always very, very thankful that those were not things that you were, that you were experiencing because I, that, that stuff is truly dark and honestly pretty terrifying. Yeah, it really is. Um, something else you said was that you prayed to God that it would be in his will and, I did the same thing with Mike and for those, that's my fiance who will probably be my husband by the time you hear this. No, he will be because this thing's been coming out for a while, but um, 
that was always my prayer for him was like, Lord, if it's your will. And it was always that prayer. It was your will be done. Your will be done. So it was like this, it was this prayer of submission, like whether or not it's your will, I'm just going to give this prayer to you. And exactly what you said, be anxious for nothing, like because your father cares for you in heaven. So it's just either way, like he gets saved or not, it's still your will. And I know that the prayers are going to be answered maybe not the way I want them to be, but they're going to be answered and that they're definitely being heard. So I think that's, that's a really key component when we're praying for our unsaved loved ones is Lord, if this is your will, if this is let your will be done, save them. Mm -hmm. Um, something I used to say about Mike was, um, please take his heart of stone, give him a heart of flesh, like from Ezekiel. That's something that I prayed for him almost every day. And that Um, was something that I, um, that was never something that I prayed about specifically for you because, and that sounds weird, but um, as I watched you kind of um, navigate your way through the new age, you know, you were exploring so many different avenues. Like you had a heart that was very stubborn, but primed for, um, for receiving the Lord. And that's one of the things that I saw in you that really kept me um, kept me hopeful in the in the moments where I I saw you you know even you know at kind of at your worst um, really truly in the in the depths of, of the new age um, because you were you were so open to exploring so many different things. And and every once in a while, you and I would have a conversation where I was like, she's like right there. <laughs> she's so close. Just come on. Like mm. you're so close. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something that's really interesting because you're right. Like people in new age and I'm, there's a couple people I'm thinking of, you might you might know who I'm talking about from my life. Um, one yeah. person specifically in the new age that's like an old friend. Mm-hmm. Like like their hearts are tender, like their hearts yeah. are tender, and like the gospel really can kind of pierce it because it's like you said, like there is an openness. And I think that honestly, the apathy of someone like Mike is more dangerous in a lot of ways than the than the um demonic exploration if you will of the new age because it at least with like the new age there's there's that that sense of seeking whereas someone who was agnostic like mike wasn't looking for anything yeah so you can't receive something you're not looking for exactly with new with so so i want to say that to people if, if you know people in new age there is hope because they are already on an exploration of truth and so just pray that they will keep searching for truth because if they don't stop searching, they're going to land on truth eventually. And that's Jesus is the truth. Yeah. Um, and as friends, you know, like as friends to people who are in new age, never stop speaking the truth. Yeah. You know, because like it's amazing how sometimes all it takes is for somebody to just make a simple connection that like clicks in the mind of somebody who was already, whose heart is really already primed for them to go, Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Like all this like love and light stuff 
is nonsense. Here's what true love and light is. It looks like Jesus Christ. It looks like what he did for us on the cross. And how beautiful is that? And I know that like the one thing that really stood out to me when you, uh, when you were like, when you were talking with me about your transition from the new age to, um, to really opening your heart to Jesus was like this, this sense of, of calmness, this sense of like you could breathe because you realized that the work was already done and you didn't have to put any more in. It wasn't a constant hamster wheel of, of just doing, 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 um, you know, whatever that looked like, whatever, you know, various rituals you were participating in, um, which had to have been exhausting, mm -hmm. by the way. Like, I, I cannot imagine how exhausting that must have been. Yeah, but then there's I definitely... I, could, I know that I could see that, like, that sense of, oh my goodness, I can rest in you. Yeah, yes, that's that's it. And it's like, that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes. And that's not to say there isn't, like, I think I did kind of make a mistake when I first got saved of being like, oh, the work is done, but it's not, it's not necessarily like what I mean is that, that there is a discipline that comes with walking with Christ where you have to, you have to constantly seek God, but it's not like, it's not in a way where you are searching. It's that yeah. you are, you are just constantly seeking to yes. water the relationship you have already yeah, absolutely and there are no barriers you know there's no like oh well if i don't you know do my daily whatever i can't right be in communion with god or i can't you know i have to align this or that in order to speak with him or pray properly like, none of that none of that applies exactly and you know that's that's not to say you know not to confuse that with like you know, when you are saved, it's not like there are no, there are no works attached to that because, you know, faith without works is dead as we know. Um, but that's simply a natural byproduct of our, of our heart for Jesus. Exactly. You know, wanting, wanting to do that. But it, it's not like we have to participate in a bunch of meaningless, nonsensical rituals in order to access him. Exactly. Oh, this is good. Um, so Someone asked, how can you keep a healthy distance from someone in demonic practices, but still show love? Oh, man. You have to know, you have to know when you've reached the limit. Um, you have to know when to step away um, for your own, for your own really spiritual safety and well-being. Um, you have to be very discerning about the situations that you put yourself in with what, whoever, um, it is that you're trying to witness to, um, you know, bottom line is as a Christian, um, you can love somebody unconditionally, um, but not in a way that compromises your own faith and mm. your own walk with Christ. And I think as long as you keep that in mind, um, as long as you are very conscious of 
of not, um, you know, not compromising yourself in the, during the course of witnessing to somebody and loving somebody and being a part of their life. That's number one, that's going to keep you safe. But number two, that's going, that's more of a powerful testimony than you might realize. Mm, so, yeah. You know, like, um, I can remember, um, you know, moments where, uh, we would be hanging out in, in like a group and, um, you know, maybe there were just, there were some things that were going on where I knew like, okay, it's, it's time for me to, it's time for me to step away. It's time for me to go. You know, there are things that I just didn't like could participate in. And, um, so yeah, it's really just for anybody who, who needs that. It's important to to pray to the Holy Spirit for discernment. Um, pray that the Holy Spirit gives you the wisdom to know when to step back, and then when to when to come back. Mm, yeah, and there were uh, there were a couple times where I invited you to do stuff, and you did come. And so I mm -hmm. wanted to speak to that because obviously, like we all mess up. And I know you know now that you like shouldn't have com compromised yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so, for just to have some context, what I'm talking about everyone. I did invite Alyssa to like a couple moon rituals because in my head, mm -hmm. I thought, I thought I could, I thought I could convert her. Honestly, like I thought, oh, if she just sees how how spiritual it is and how how loving it is, like she'll see that it's really great. And so, can you speak to your experience and kind of like? maybe what the Holy spirit was saying to you and maybe what you oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I really kind of attended those out of, <laughs> out of ignorance. <laughs> um, and really out of a desire to just be closer to you and meet you where you were at. Um, I didn't really know at the time what a moon circle even was. I just kind of showed up and I was like, all right, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of crying going on. Is this like a group therapy session for ladies? Okay. Sure. Um, you know, it, it kind of, it dawned on me after, um, after I had attended that I was like, oh, this is okay. This is, this is some new age stuff. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it gave me a deeper insight, um, as far as what you were, what you believed, where you were at um spiritually um but i i i once once i figured out what these what these were um yeah i obviously stopped attending yeah but, uh, but yeah i so i i i did find myself kind of haphazardly participating and someone actually asked to that how did you not slip into it with me Whereas um, you just kind of, you kind of did, but like, again, you said it was ignorance. So I think what really it's important to note, like scripture says, be as wise as a serpent, but yeah. anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, so it's, I didn't slip into it because I, I was already, I already had a strong spiritual foundation. Um, it didn't appeal to me in any way. Uh, my primary reason for even being there was just to hang out with you, to just be closer to you, because uh, that was definitely taking place during a time where I felt like we were um, 
just as friends kind of drifting apart. And I was like, well, I really want to meet her where she's at. Um, what does that look like? And so, you know, I've attended that, the whole moon circle thing. And um, nothing crazy happened as far as like, as far as me, you know, like, I, I don't know if anybody was think, asking or wondering whether I was like under spiritual attack or anything like that, or, or if I felt like, um, you know, like overwhelming darkness or, or anything like that. It was kind of just the Holy Spirit spoke to me um, during and after, you know, uh, while we were going through, you know, while you were heading this thing up. Um, I was really just sort of contemplating it in my, in my mind and in my heart and Holy Spirit was really telling me like, this isn't right. And this isn't right. And, you know, but it was important for me to learn in a way, like where you were at and, and what it was that you were really into because it helped me to better, um, it just, it helped me to better pray for you. Um, but also witness to you because I got to see one, like, in person, like what you were practicing. Um, same goes with yoga. Like I, I attended a couple of your yoga classes for the same exact reason. Again, because I, I had zero idea what the deal was with yoga. A lot like, of Christians I, still don't. So yeah, yeah. Um, that was definitely an eye-opening thing for me. Like after you had come out of the New Age and and you started to explain like what yoga really was, I was like, oh, that's that's wild. Um, and then I, I, I loved delving into that because of, you know, apologetics is, is really, it's, I love it. Um, but uh, yeah, like even, you know, during the course of, of doing yoga with you, um, I'm like, I didn't know spiritual attacks or anything like that, but just, you know, like these nudges from the Holy Spirit, like this, this ain't it chief, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And for the uh, record, we aren't we aren't condoning. I, I, my my point in bringing this up is because looking back, I wish you had said no. And I think I, I want everyone watching to learn from this to to say no. Don't yeah. Don't do it. Like Aly Alyssa was literally saying, like wanting to be closer to me. No, just just give it to God. Like that's yeah. Don't participate. Yeah. Don't, don't think like, um, you have like, you know, like just because you have the Holy spirit doesn't mean you should take advantage of him. So don't just like, don't just go to these things and, with your friends and like try and, and like, I don't know, learn from it or change their minds. Just don't participate. Like tell them, no, like be firm. And, and like yeah. Alyssa said earlier, like don't compromise your faith just so mm -hmm. that you can be closer to them because Ultimately, that's not going to help them either. Um, someone asked if you wish you had done anything different. And I wondered if that was like something you wish you had done different. Um, if I would have known better, then yeah. Right. Um, but at the time, I, I just, out of my own sheer ignorance, I, I didn't know even to tell you no. Um, I, it's, it's really funny. Like, I remember reading something this is like way before that even happened. Um, I remember reading an article by Matt Walsh from the daily wire and he was talking about like how 
Christians shouldn't participate in yoga. It's demonic. And I was like, bro, really? Is it? And I thought he was out of his mind until I got a dose of reality check from the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh, no, actually, though, there's really something to this that's um, pretty dark. This mm-hmm. is not innocent, um, mm-hmm. the way that it is portrayed. And I, I think that has a lot to do with uh, just this this kind of Western watering down of Eastern spirituality. Um, for lack of a better term, it's been entirely bastardized. Um, so people here in the West really don't understand the gravity of that spirituality uh, unless they find themselves really deeply into it. Um, so those practices became a, a super casual thing, almost a part of our culture, really. I You see, that's, this is so important to talk about because you're a devout, lifelong Christian, and even you were deceived. Oh yeah. Because of the enemy, because you're right. Like it's just, it's so, it's so immersed in our culture that there's just like this desensitization to it. And it's so dangerous. It is. It is. There's a, there's a lot. Um, it's, it's been very encouraging for me to, uh, just to see, um, as a result of, of your podcast and your very unique testimony, like how many people are coming out of the new age and realize or people who read even casually in new age who are realizing all of these little things that seem so innocent. Um, they have meanings and they have deep old spiritual meanings that we just here in the West make either make it a joke out of, um, or have just entirely watered down to the point where nobody takes it seriously anymore. Which like, is um, exactly what the enemy wants. Great, great example of this. Um, crystals. Like, my husband blew my mind when he explained to me that, oh no, like these people who are into the new age and, and believing on, in all of the, the weird, uh, you know, powers of crystals and and things like that um there is actually something to that and as a little bit of a background context my husband is a scientist he's um his field of study is metrology um and he it's which measurement sciences and, and calibrations and um he was explaining to me that crystals are used in these very high end pieces of equipment because they really do resonate they really do have frequencies and they're really used for communications and for, uh, you know, for a variety of different things like courts in particular, like, you know, you see uh, people will have these like these big like courts, uh, you know, little obelisk things. Um, and that goes back a really long time. That's not a new thing. Like that's that's something that people have been using for thousands of years to try and connect with the spiritual world because they are a conductor. And that's when he told me that and explained that to me, I was horrified because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, these people who are into this are being so deceived, but like there's a reality to this where people who are using these things to try and communicate with uh, you know, their spirit guides or their, um, you know, alien families from whatever 
planet, solar system, whatever, like there is an element of danger to that because these things really, really do work. And Mm -hmm. that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt this episode. I just want to remind you that if you love Heaven and Healing podcast and you'd like to sew into the ministry, you can do so at donorbox.org slash heaven dash healing dash podcast dash ministry. Or you can partner with me financially via Venmo at Angela Marie Ucci. The donations from DonorBox are definitely preferred, but whatever means you feel called to donate is absolutely wonderful, and I cannot thank you enough for your giving heart. It really does mean so much, and it really does help me keep this podcast going. So I thank you, I love you, and I do ask that whether or not you can donate, please say a prayer for the ministry. Like, so frequencies and stuff like that's all, that's all stuff that we, we can't see. Right. So it, it, yeah. Frequencies travel through for lack of a better term, like the air. Right. Yeah. So I just want to like point this, this out for people that the, the Bible describes Satan as the prince of the air. And so I think that's why Satan's ability and like the demonic, um, his demonic minions, like their ability to just kind of infiltrate the crystals like when you're when you're drawn to them in such a way that you're going to start using them as communication he loves that because he's the prince of the air and he travels through the frequencies and i just talked about this with like the series that i did about about music like it's the same thing Mm -hmm. with the frequencies in music and in sound and that's why scripture is so specific about guarding our eyes and our ears there's a science to that though that's that's absolutely undeniable and it's it's really alarming that um there are people who fall into two camps. There are people who either don't take it seriously at all um, and they think it's all nonsense. Uh, And then there are people who are really trying to use these things to communicate with entities. Um, And as horrifying as it is, like they're succeeding. And it's because these these things are used as, they're they're being used as intended. So, um, you know, it's just another example of how people just in their own ignorance, you know, these things are a joke to people. Right. And it, it is not a joke. The more right. that I've learned about the new age, you know, from you, from other people, from just, you know, doing my own research, this is not a joke. And Satan loves, Satan loves either camp that you fall in. You're like complete ignorance of it where you don't take it seriously or where you take it seriously and actually try to communicate with it. He loves both of those. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Did this is a really interesting question. Did God ever give you any supernatural insight or any sort of like prophetic vision over the years that Angela, me, would for the record, would eventually be saved? Um yes. Um it wasn't it wasn't as dramatic as as that sounds. Um but I do very specifically remember one night um, I was I was driving home uh, from one of your one of your various parties. I, I can't remember which one it was. You know, you would usually throw one for either like New Year's, Fourth of July, your birthday. You know, one of those. Um, and you had gotten so blackout drunk. That it wasn't even funny. And I, I remember like I had been sitting up in your room with you um, just while you were kind of 
passed out and you know like mike ended up coming upstairs and he was like i i got it like i, I can take it from here and i i just i left that party just so heartbroken um and i was crying on the way home and um because i just i hated i hated to see you that way and it really just it really tore me up um so i'm 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 crying trying not to crash my car <laughs> and i'm just praying i'm praying and I, i'm like oh my god like these i've been praying for so long when is it gonna when when is, when am i gonna see you know the fruit from all of this and and i just i just remember in the back of my mind just like it was so clear it was like she's gonna be fine and i was like i stopped crying because i was like oh that was clear and loud um okay but like just that like she's going to be fine coming through and like i heard that so so loud in my mind and and i like I started crying again because <laughs> I was at that point, I was like, I felt relief. I felt relief because that was God telling me I've got her. Like I have got her. She's going to be fine. And that was very, very shortly, um, very shortly before you were saved. I would say that was, um, that was the last party that I had attended with you before um, my move up to New Hampshire. Mm. And, and then it, it just, it seemed like so shortly after that, you know, I'm, I'm getting texts from you asking me questions, you know, uh, that I never, that like for the longest time, I wasn't sure I was ever going to hear you ask. And, and, oh man, just my heart just, I can't even describe it, but yeah, I, in that moment, like that was, that was the moment where I, it, God really, God really spoke to me in that moment and just reassured me. And I, I was, yes, that was absolutely supernatural. Like that was mm. totally divine intervention. Thank you, Jesus. I was bawling. <laughs> I needed that reassurance so bad. There were times he did that with me, with Mike, too. Like, there was this one time, there were a lot, but there was one time particularly where I had just watched Case for Christ, um, which is an amazing movie about a, a man who his wife gets saved and then he goes on this whole journey of, like, trying to prove a, the case against the resurrection and then he ends up getting yeah. saved. Um, and the movie, the movie just, like, wrecked me because I just wanted Mike so bad to have an experience like that where Jesus would just come into his heart and he would receive him and I had just I watched the movie like three times and the after this one night where I had watched it with my mom and she left and I was home and I was alone and I, I was just weeping and I was telling the Lord like please like just save him just and I said to God, I said, like, give me something, show me something, Lord, like that, that you have a plan that he's going to be redeemed. Like, I just need to know one way or another. I need something. Just give me something. God, are you going to save him? And then like, it was like 20 minutes after that, Mike called me 
from his job and he was training at the time and he said yeah this lady gave the guy i'm training with he just randomly gave us this jesus loves you pamphlet and i started talking to her about your your story and and she turned to me and said you know that jesus loves you too and he has a plan for you right and he's like it just kind of like stopped me in my tracks and like i'm just sitting there like tears like my eyes are closed and tears are just streaming down my face because I was like like you didn't have to like that didn't have to happen tonight but it did for some reason yeah he had his eye on like the whole time he anytime I prayed a prayer like that like something would happen that I couldn't explain other than like there's like a supernatural little whisper from the Lord that he's trying to just speak to me and show me something yeah um I mean, he's, he's amazing. And I just like encourage you guys, like just, he's your father in heaven and he loves you and he hears your prayers and he knows every hair on your head and he stitched you in the womb. Like you can talk to him. And, (laughs) and I'm not saying like every time you're going to hear like this big mighty voice and he's going to, you're going to like talk back and forth like a conversation, but he is, he loves you and he will communicate with you. You just like, you pray and, and be watchful. Like the Bible says, um, I love that that happened. I was just giving praise to Jesus when you told me that story about your experience in the car. Praise God, my days of getting blackout drunk and passing out are over. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. Um, so this is a good one. What kind of questions did you ask Angela for her to chew on? Like, what kind, like, basically, what ways did you try and challenge my, my worldview with yours Uh, or ways that you um, wish you would have? So I, I have one that I know of, uh, that I can remember really clearly off the top of my head. Um, I remember you and I were having a conversation, we're, we're also at your mother's house. Um, and, uh, this was one of the few times that you had kind of opened up to me about, um, you know, things that you were, uh, things that you were getting into, things that you were reading, um, uh, you know, some of the beliefs that you were, that you were forming. And, um, you had pointed out, like, you had just this bookshelf full of, like, all of this, like, new age stuff, right? Like, all of these books by all of these different people, um, and uh, you know, you were you were explaining something to me related to angels, I think. I think it had something kind of to do with that. Um, and I remember um, very gently challenging that with you, and asking you about the you know the the, the authority of of those who are writing these books. You know, I was like. I remember asking you, um, you know, where does their, where does their authority come from? You know, where do, where do these ideas come from? Um, you know, what is their foundation for their beliefs that, that has you so convinced in all of this stuff? And I remember you, you couldn't tell me. And, um, I just, I kind of left it at that and I thought, Hopefully she chews on that um, because I, I, I had explained, um, we, were, we were also, you had been asking the questions about the Bible and, and where the authority of the Bible comes from. And I was explaining that to you and um, 
I could see the I could see the wheels turning, and um, I was like, oh god, I, I again, Lord, let that be a seed that just sprouts someday. <laughs> um, but as far as things that I I wish I would have challenged you with, um, that's kind of hard to say, uh, just because I was. So unfamiliar with the new age at the at the time, like I, I didn't feel like I really knew specifically what to challenge you with, um, really until you started to get into the to the demonic and, and spiritual. And so, um, again, I, I remember having conversations with you about that and um, challenging some of your beliefs on that specifically as they related to uh, your grandmother um, sending you signs and or uh, being present with you. Um, and, uh, I think you were, that was, that was something that I had to tread pretty carefully with. I felt like at the time, because you were so heartbroken over that. I mean, I, your grandmother was everything to you and I, I didn't feel like I could like, you know, kind of come out, <laughs> come out swinging <laughs> at that. Um, the last thing that I wanted to do was was obviously, you know, break your heart more, but also push you away. Um, so that was definitely a struggle learning how to kind of do this this dance of, um, you know, how far, you know, how much can I, can I, how many questions can I pose to you without you, um, you know, feeling like you're being like pushed away, sort of thing. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking about how this is good for people because I feel like a lot of the time, um, a lot of my followers feel like they have to have like this plethora of knowledge when it comes to the stuff that their their friends may be involved in. Um, because a lot of them are like you where they don't necessarily have the backdrop like I did yeah. to 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 talk against these things. And actually, that's like so key with your with your testimony with me is that you didn't need that because all like uh -huh. you you leaned on God, you leaned on the Lord's understanding, and you leaned on the prayer. And those are the, like the yeah. two things that that just like that's more important than you having the knowledge of like the the way to like pick my brain. Like that's right. more important. The prayer is more important than like the trying to probe and like extract little things from my brain to like get me to to think yeah. differently. I, and I think we get lost on that a lot. Um, like how can, how can I change someone's mind? Like you can't. Not always, definitely not always. Um, I think it's, it's always helpful to have background information. Yeah. Um, it's always, it's always helpful to have contextual information that really helps you to, to reach people. Um, but you don't necessarily need that because the overwhelming truth of the Bible is that's all, that's all you need that it stands on its own. Mm -hmm. It, it is, it is literally God's word is sufficient. Um, and you know, in, in a moment where the Holy spirit is really, you know, speaking to somebody through you, what's going to speak to their heart the most are the truths of the gospel. Yes. And so that's, 
So yes, absolutely. What you just said, 110%. So I would encourage people to not be discouraged by their lack of knowledge of, you know, various, whether it's new age, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, whatever it is, you know, whoever it is in your life who you're witnessing to who has a certain set of beliefs, um, just speak the truth of the gospel into their lives because mm-hmm. that's just, that's going to do so much more for yeah. you. Yeah. For them. Yeah. And that's again, I like, like you said, it's not to say that the knowledge isn't important because we're commanded to love God with all of our minds too, which means like knowing why we believe what we believe, but yeah, just the gospel. Um, is there a scripture in particular that comes to mind that you think like is, is particularly, um, beneficial that might like kind of pierce the the tender heart of a new ager that you can think that would be good for someone to share gently. I have so, so many. This, this is my problem. When you're a Christian for a really long time and you grew up reading the Bible, you have like a million different verses like bouncing around in your head, but like I can never remember exactly where they are. Um, but I do remember one in particular that I um, that comes to mind as it relates to you, which is that uh, which is John three sixteen. Um, I remember when we were really young, and um, and I, I think they still do this, but you and I were shopping at Forever Twenty One, and I remember flipping the bag over, and John three sixteen was written on the bottom of the bag, and. I was like, oh my goodness, John 3.16. And you were like, well, what is that? Like, what is that? What is John 3.16? And I was like, oh, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And like that simple verse just sums up the gospel so perfectly that it's it's something it's one that I would share with anyone because mm. It just, all of God's love is poured into that verse. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I would always encourage like new believers or, or people who, who even, you know, aren't quite there yet, but at least open to, to reading, to go to the gospels, go to the book of John, read it, because you, you will just, you will be overwhelmed and blown away by, by God's love. Yeah. I think I always tell people when they ask me where to start, I say, John. Yeah. I think that's a great starting point. Um, Another, another verse that I really like personally um, that I think is a good gentle way to kind in a, in a weird way, speak their language too is John 14, six, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me because we all know new ages are obsessed with like my truth, my truth. So when you, it's like it's like you you can recognize how how the new age has stolen biblical terminology when you give them that yeah. verse. Definitely. I think that's a really piercing that's a really piercing one that's like one of my favorite verses ever. That um, sounds like one really um really really kind of yeah, like you said, really pierce the heart of of somebody particularly in the new age. This is fun. Maybe we'll learn some new things about each other that we didn't know how we felt at the time. (laughs) Okay. Was there any unspoken tension between you guys before Angela got saved? 
This is for both of us. What do you think? Do you think there was tension? Yeah, I do. There was. There definitely was. Um, again, like going back to this uh, this idea of, of kind of like doing this dance. Um, <laughs> there was this very obvious tension between the both of us in the sense that like, you know, I, I was living a life that was completely different from yours. You were on a totally different path from mine. And I always got the sense that you were really feeling, always like really feeling judged. And, and I think that like pushed you away from me, which um, really, it, it had me in a place where I was like, I was like, Lord, how do I be, how do I be tender with her? How do I be understanding and, and gentle with her in a way? Like, how do I, how do I speak truth into her life without making her feel as though I'm just like roasting her? Because that's the last thing that I wanted to do was was make you feel like you were being judged or, or roasted but at the same time it, I was like there are truths that need to be spoken into your life and I I need to know how to do that and um I'm not ashamed to say that sometimes I think I failed at that like sometimes like I'm a very <laughs> I'm a very direct and and logical person and and when I when I'm faced with something that doesn't seem logical or, or sometimes I'm caught up in my own, like my own knowing of things like that can, that can get to me. And, you know, I can, I can probably come off as a little harsh. And, um, you know, so that was something that I, I struggled with in the 20 years of, of witnessing to you and, and praying to you or praying for you. Um, was being super, super mindful of my tendencies to to want to just like slap down different beliefs that you had and uh, and and things like that. Mm. Yeah, I think on, I think on my end, yeah, there was definitely tension, and there there are times where I like regrettably remember telling people because people would ask me like, "Why are you guys friends? I don't see it." Um, I don't understand. And I'm like, well, we've been friends since we were babies. And I would say like, if we met now, we might not be because we're just so different. And like, that we're grieves so, me. So different. Because I can't imagine not having you. It's like, that's like the scariest thought. But like, yeah, I used to say that to people. And I used to genuinely feel that like, oh, it's like, I we just love each other because we're like, we grew up together. Like, it's not mm -hmm. because we actually have a like a connection. But it's, it was because I was li literally like, thriving in sin and that was what it was there was just I was walking in disobedience and you were walking in obedience like that's quite literally what it was and I felt I did feel judged by you but that's not because you were necessarily judging me and yeah maybe there were times where you were like in your flesh and you were actually judging me but what I understand now as a being on the other side is that people people mistake feeling judged for what is actually them actually being convicted of something that they, they just don't have a word for that and they don't understand it and they don't yeah. like it. They just don't like it. And it's so it's, it's very it's like uncomfortable. You're, you're seeing like, it's like, Oh no, I've been seen. And you know, people don't like to be faced with the things that they, right. They know that are right. wrong 
um, in them. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, so that's what it was. And I think that people need to hear that too, is that they're going to be like, oh, you're judging me. And it's like, just recognize that you just like being in the same room as someone having the Holy spirit, like the demons are going to be triggered. And so it's just like, it's just like a matter of conviction that they're, they're sent, they're feeling convicted, but they don't have a word for it. And so it just translates to, oh, you're judging me. You're judging me. You think you're better than me. You think you're holier than thou. And it's like, no, actually it's just like the Holy spirit is literally there. And the Holy Spirit is doing his job. Yeah. And I'm not sure that there's anything you can do to really like pacify that. It, um, other than just kind of pray for, like you said, just like that, that ability to convey your, your, um, your message with, with grace and yes. um, let it come from the spirit and not from your flesh sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so that's, that's something that you're going to, you know, as a Christian, when you're witnessing to people, um, particularly people who you who are in your life, you care about like that. That's going to be that's going to be a struggle because your emotions get in the way sometimes and you're going to find yourself like having these moments where you're like, what are you doing? Mm. Like, like, but, you know, it, it's like. It's amazing. It's kind of like it's like kind of like being a parent, you know. It's like you watch your child go and, and really like mess up, and you're just like, ah, what are you doing? And it's imagine what God feels. Oh my goodness, I can't, I can't imagine how how much his heart breaks. Yeah, that's something you you had to say to me too before Mike got saved. When I kind of had to resolve that like we can't be together or couldn't be together is that you, you had to tell me, like, you just got to give them to God. Um, yeah. I think that's what everyone just needs to really hear. Cause I mean, it's like really hard. It's easier said than it's done. It's so, so much easier said than done. <laughs> um, but when you realize, like thinking, thinking about how much your heart breaks for the unsaved person or persons in your life, realizing that as you've said, Alyssa, it's like a fraction of what God feels for them. It, it like wrecks you in a whole different way when you realize like God's heart is broken oh, yeah. because how much he loves them. And so you have to just like put your faith in that his, his grief for their salvation will ultimately bring them their salvation because he, he wants them so bad because he loves them so much. Yeah. And, and we can only we can only experience like a microscopic bit of the pain that he feels. Yeah, and it's a it's that's kind of a really humbling thought, and it's really beautiful. And it's just like, how good is our God? Like, it makes you realize just how much He desires people's hearts. Yeah, how it He desires people. He doesn't desire people's destruction. You know, he doesn't desire that people are, you know, wanting to absolutely just reject him and, and reject the gift that, that he has. And it really is the most perfect love. Praise God for God. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't deserve it. <laughs> we just, we just don't. 
Hey, y'all, just a quick break in the episode to remind you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Watching on YouTube, be sure to give the video a thumbs up and leave some love in the comment section to boost that algorithm. And if you're listening, make sure to please leave a five-star rating and written review on whatever platform you have this on just to help get it into more ears. It is so appreciated. Thank you all so much. And... I hate like people that are that are like, oh, this this God that, oh yeah. So if you don't love him, he's just gonna send you to hell. Like, yeah, he's really loving. It's like I just really want people to understand. It's it's okay. First of all, he doesn't send us there. We make our reservation to hell. That's something I heard Pastor Joe uh-huh. say once, and my jaw was like, oh. but oh, that's good. Yeah, isn't that good? Just, we make our reservation. Um, okay, so. Thinking like thinking about it was lot like logically and biblically, God loves us so much, just like you said, John 3 16, that he sent Jesus so that we would not perish but have eternal life. He loves us so much that he lets us choose. Like he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to love him against our will. He gives us the option to choose. He gives us the option to decide. He in Revelation 3 says he stands and knocks at the door. And like we open it. We open the yeah. door and receive him and then confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Like it is the most bust his way in. Exactly. <laughs> and he could. He could just we He's could just all good. be little robots. Like we could just all be little God robots. And 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 he could just be like a tyrant in that sense, but he's not. Like he's a yeah. loving father who gave us free will and we get to choose him. And it's just sometimes it's really helpful for people who struggle with that concept to put it in a very human context because we are, we are a reflection of, of him. You know, we are an imperfect reflection of him. Um, but we were created to love. And when you put that in a human context, like what, what is a love that is forced upon somebody else we would consider that abuse and you can take that pretty far and it can get pretty ugly um but when you help people or when you put it in that in that context for people usually it sort of helps them to to uh you know connect those those dots and and really understand what god's perfect love for us looks like and it's why he created us as weird, weird choosing creatures. What greater love than to than to have it given freely and mm. willingly? Because other <laughs> otherwise, it's not love. It's it's abuse. Mm-hmm. It's it's captivity. It's slavery. It's you know what have you so beautiful um what else do we have so people said well this is a definite yes um how did you guys drift apart and then come back together or were you close the whole time i mean yeah we definitely drifted but i think it's because of what i said like you were just you were walking in faith of christ and i was just walking in disobedience of christ there's no really other way to slice it no and there were uh there were seasons um, you know, sometimes we would, we would drift apart and then we would come back and then we would kind of drift apart again. And, and that was kind of, um, you know, as we got older, that was kind of, that was kind of the, 
the nature of our relationship. Um, but I, I knew that, um, you know, God, God really encouraged me in that, um, you know, you and I never drifted apart for long. And I was always very much reminded that we are in each other's lives for a very good reason. I, I can remember, um, uh, I was talking with Matt, my husband, and, um, I think he was my, he was my fiance at the time when we were having this conversation, but like you had done something or, or said something or gotten into something that, um, Oh, I remember what it was. I, I had listened to an episode of your moon and back podcast. Um, cause I had never, I had never really listened to it before. And, and I was like, what, you know, like, what's she talking about? What's, what's this all about? And I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, uh, I'm like having an aneurysm, like just kind of listening. And I remember like, I just shut my phone off. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't listen to this. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm like, it put me in such a terrible mood because I was like, where is, where is her heart? Like, are like, we just, we have nothing in common anymore. What is this? And, and, um, you know, I was talking with Matt about that and he was like, you need to recognize that you are in her life for a reason. Like you are both like you guys could have split up as friends ages ago. And yet God always seemed to bring you back together. Like there's a, there's a reason for this. And, you know, my, I thank God for my husband because he it is such an incredible man of God and has encouraged me in so many different ways. And, and that is one of the ways in which he really encouraged me. Um, Cause there were moments where I would, I was, I was just like so frustrated and like throwing my hands up and like, what is she doing? Uh, and um, you know, he really helped keep me grounded. Hmm. So to that point, because I feel like people are going to ask the question like, well, how do I know? How do I know if I sh if this person is in my life because God wants them there versus how sh how do I know when it's time to walk away? So what do you think would have been like a boundary um or like something that I could have done or would have done that you would have sort of known this definitely is not like it does not serve like my walk with the Lord anymore and is there do you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Um, and I, I struggle to answer that question. I really do because I, I just, um, so do I, when I think on it, because you, you had never, you had never done anything, uh, that, that I, I felt was so egregious that I, like felt the need to, to remove you from my life. Like there were obviously things that you were involved in and, and things that you were doing that I would never participate in. Um, but I, I really can't, and I hate to disappoint the audience. I don't, I don't know. That's, there, that's one that I really the, the, on, the only thing that I can say and this is based on like other people's testimonies that I've heard is 
Lord, if this person is not meant to be in my life, remove them. Because I've heard people yeah. say, like, I've heard people pray that prayer and then yeah. they find out they got cheated on or let, you know, something happens where the God just answers that prayer. So I think, I think that giving that just like everything else, just lay it at the foot of the cross. Just say, yeah. Lord, if this person is not meant to be in my life, get them out. Like I'm giving yeah. you permission, Lord, get them out of my life. I actually prayed that about Mike a lot. My fiance. I actually prayed that about Mike on your behalf because I, yeah, like I really did. That was another one of those moments where I was like, so frustrated. And I was like, Lord, like, just do your will, like work in this situation. Like if, if this, if this guy ain't it, please remove him because her heart is just so broken and I, I hated to see it. And I was like, Lord, if I, just let your will be done is really all you can do in, in situations like that is to just ask the Lord to, to show, to show you his will, yeah. have the eyes to see and the ears to hear that when it's, when it's taking place. It's funny how and that worked amazing. out, huh? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. But um, you know, there's there's something that my dad has always told me, like the, just this this idea that my dad always instilled in me, which was that like, and it, it has to do with the way that God works in your life, and how sometimes, like in the really ugly moments of your life, when you just like you're you're human, you're in your flesh, you just you just don't see God working in the moment. Um. It's amazing how when you look back on your life, you can see God's fingerprints all over the place. Like even the moments that didn't make sense, the heartbreaks, the, the misery. Um, and I really feel that way. Um, that, that really just, it became a, it really apparent to me when I look back on my shared life with you. Um, you know, as long as it took for you to finally come to Christ, like I can just pinpoint all of these different moments where I saw God working, you know, in hindsight, obviously, because, you know, like I said, there, there were just times where I was like, I'm confused and God, I don't know what you're doing. And I don't know what your plan is, but I'm just going to give this to you. And then, you know, you look back and you go, oh, so that's where you were working. That's amazing. You know, there's something that stands out. I'm sure you remember this when we were really young and we were at, cause we used to play outside all the time. And God, I wish I could go back just one weekend to like playing <laughs> outside and, and, and playing like, like tag in the dark, like all the fun things. Um, anyway, do you remember that one night where we saw a, a literal angel Yes. In this, in this cloud. Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. When I, when you were talking, like thinking about God's fingerprints, when I like look back on that, it's almost like though it's almost like that was like, those, those are my girls down there. Like me and you were just like his girls, like the whole time. And it was just like, what a, what a way to just show us. And it's funny how he uses things like that one memory now like 15 years later to just be like, I was literally like you had guardian angels the whole time. I had you the whole time. Yeah. And you were always my girls. Like there's things that he does. And 
that makes sense later and ways that he reveals himself that makes sense later. Just, he's just, uh, she's just so amazing. I just pray everyone would know him. It like just grieves me that people don't. He's it just, really does. He's so good. He is so good. Like that perfect goodness. Like if you could ever, it's hard for the human mind to contemplate or wrap your head around, but like just that he's so good. Um, so, so as as we begin to kind of wrap up, I think these these last couple questions are kind of sweet. Um, so can you describe your friend? These are kind of for both of us. Can you describe the difference in your friendship before Angela's salvation versus now? And that's for both of us. Do you want to go first? Sure. So for me. The difference now, obviously, is that I have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so I now, now that I am resurrected in Christ, like I feel closer to you than I ever have because we are literally sisters in Christ. Yeah. And I think our friendship before was like, in a lot of ways, like just, I don't, forced isn't the right word but incongruent. That's better. It was like incongruent in so many ways. Um, but like you said, there was always, there was always like that God pull, just like, Oh, we always, even if we drifted, we came back together, drifted, came back together. And especially when we were young, like we had like, like those memories belong to me and you and no one else, like how, how much fun we had and how pure our childhood was. And then it was when we started to grow up where I started to stray off track when I started to start searching for things outside of outside of that order. But um, our friendship now, like, I just feel like it's so it's just unbreakable now because it's like tethered in Christ, whereas before it was just kind of tethered in history. Yeah, that's that's really what I was going to. That's really what I was going to say is that, like, you know, we, our, our friendship, oh, and it, it's just, it's, it's gone on for so many years and there were so many things that tied us together and then so many things that pulled us apart. And it really felt like our relationship was, it, there was an incompleteness to it. You know, there was, you know, some, you have those friends who are just, you know, like, you know, that, that you're, you're cut from the same cloth. You're like, you're just in lockstep with, with everything, uh, and, and anything in life. And I always felt, um, after a certain period of time that that just wasn't present in our relationship. Um, I think that that, you know, the tension that we had between us, um, definitely, you know, it, it put a, it put a bit of a wedge in there. And, um, now, I mean, we are, we're sisters in Christ, you know, you are not just my earthly friend, you know, you are a friend who I'm going to, I'm going to be praising the Lord with in heaven. And that is just a whole other level of, of love and friendship that you can have with somebody that is 
indescribable. It really is. And, you know, now um, I feel like you and I, we open up to each other a lot more. Um, there is a deeper, an undeniably deeper understanding between the both of us that simply was not present mm. before. Um, and there is this aspect of our relationship now where we can, we now come to each other um, with certain issues or, or certain trials that we're experiencing in life. And the wisdom that we can give each other is grounded in Jesus. It's grounded in the word of God. It's not just bound to earthly wisdom, which mm. can only get so far. You know, we offer each other spiritual wisdom now in a way that just enriches each other's lives so much more. And that's really the beauty of having a friendship rooted in Christ you know people talk a lot about marriages rooted in Christ you know how marriages are it's so essential to have Christ at the center of them but friendships are the same yeah if you want a lasting marriage or if you want a lasting friendship your foundation has to be rooted and solid in Christ and that's how that's what I feel like I I have with you now. And I, I just, I praise God for it all the time because I like, you know, like you remind me, well, you remind me, I've been thinking about it literally nonstop that you're getting married in six days and I get to be your maid of honor. And I am just overwhelmed with joy that like I get to watch you as my sister in Christ you know, step into the greatest relationship that you're ever going to be in with a man of God. And that, and the completeness of that is just like, it's too, it's too good for words. It really is. Can you believe that? Like he changed Mike's heart. Like you knew Mike. I did. Wait and I don't even think you've seen him in person (laughs) since he's been saved, but wait until you. I haven't. I'm so excited for you to like see that, that like to see who he is in God now. And it's so fun to watch it grow. Like it's so fun to watch his relationship with the Lord grow and for him to like do things like on Easter, um, on Easter, I got so disheartened by just the the people that I was dealing with at work. And like, I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I don't want to be here. I want to be worshiping the Lord. I'm like, I'm like, I want to worship the Lord while carrying this like negative grumpy attitude. And after work, like I got on the phone with Mike and he was like, yeah, I went in after service and I, and I told everyone that this is the most important day of the year. And, and the people coming in today for lunch get to be a part of it with us because for context guys, he manages a restaurant and, and they get to be a part of it with us. And they're, they're choosing us to celebrate the most important day of the year. So just go in, go out there and just give them that celebration. And, and, you know, just share that joy with them. And his, his, his one of someone was like, wow, Mike had a lot of caffeine. And Mike was like, no, I got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it was well, just like, it was just one of those moments where I was like, 
like he he had just encouraged me so much and I was like that's what I get to have forever like in moments where I feel weak I have a man of God that's going to encourage my faith and it's just crazy the story that he's written that the Lord has written that is so so essential to have like and I I cannot wait to see how Mike becomes the spiritual leader of your household because it is the most beautiful thing in the entire world. Like I, I can, and I can speak from experience because I, my husband is, has just been such a blessing in my life, you know, and he's been a Christian for like only a couple of years compared to me. And I, like, I've been a Christian for over 20 years for as long as, you know, for as long as I can remember for as, you know, whenever I could contemplate like who Jesus was and who Jesus meant to be. And, you know, like all that time I, I get, you know, stuck in my own understanding and, and sometimes, and, and my husband just so gently comes alongside me to, to just set me back on the right path when I'm, when I'm going down the wrong one. And it's just, it's such, it's such a blessing. It's God's it design. It is such a perfect picture of Christ's love for the church, you know, that, that gentle leading. And, you know, like I, like I was, I was thinking about that with you, with the whole Eastern thing, because I remember um, you had put it in your story, like how upset you were. I was like, I, I remember praying about it for you because I was, like, I was like, Lord, give her, give her and Mike the opportunity to use this as you know, like, let them be a witness to somebody in this, because it's, it's amazing, like, how we, we want to be in church, and we want to be worshiping, um, but how often are we fulfilling the Great Commission in church? Not very often, like, it's so much more important to be going out there and being a testimony to people and, and witnessing to people, um, you know, yeah. even even when we're kind of like buttered about it, <laughs> we don't want to be out. That's yeah. when it's amazing just how, how God facilitates moments where you end up planting seeds in somebody that you just never expect to plant. Amen. So one last question they had for us. And sorry, guys, we're best friends. So this got like way too personal, just like a literal conversation. But <laughs> yeah, my well, audience loves kind. this, though. My audience literally loves Good. it. Um, so the last question was, how do you guys encourage each other now in your faith in Christ? Um, I I'm, think- cu- I'm curious to hear how I encourage you because it's, that's, um, that's odd for me considering where I came from. <laughs> um, you, the, the fact that you pray for me, the fact that you are the one now praying for me in my times of need is the most encouraging thing it it, every time I come to you with something that I'm dealing with or um just a a struggle that I'm having and I'm like um it it just it hits me that oh my goodness I can come to my best friend and she's gonna pray for me now Mm. like you know she's gonna intercede for me now it it's it it gives me that sense of like oh man this twenty years forward it just it was all so worth it every moment every heartbreak every 
every season of, of feeling doubt or just frustration, I, it's, it's, that's really the most encouraging thing for me because yeah. now I, I see you just absolutely on fire for Jesus. And I, I see you just delving into the word daily and the wisdom that you have in such a short amount of time is like, ah, I love it. It, it just, it, it encourages me daily to be in the word and that's to always be praying. And I, and like, that's, that's that, that iron sharpening iron yeah. kind of, kind of relationship that we now have. And so that really is what encourages me. I love that. I'm happy to hear that. Um, I think the way that you that you encourage me in my faith most, um, I think there if there's like, well, first of all, I mean, this is the way you've always encouraged me is just is just realizing that one like with when I was struggling with Mike's agnosticism before he was saved, you your you your prayer. God heard your prayers for me and answered them, and that was really encouraging for me. So you always encourage me to remember how powerful prayer is and that there's no prayer that goes unheard. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just always been across the board. And another way you encourage me is you're a constant reminder of, of how important it is to raise up and train up your children in the Lord as the word commands us to, because of the fruit of your life that it's so funny because the last time we hadn't, we interviewed, I was, I was really emotional saying that like, you know, I didn't have the things that you had and it's because of the way I was brought up versus the way you were brought up. And it's, it's funny mm-hmm. how quickly God shifted that all for me and, and, and gave me those things. But, um, but now like, yeah, you, you just, you have like, you have like the biblical life that, that God has ordained for us. Um, you have the, you have the headship of the house of the the man of God. And now you're about to have a baby and you guys are married and, and you're living like the Proverbs 31 woman. And it's just, it's just always such an important encouragement for me to just like, just remind people that we have to be training up our kids in the Lord, because look at the fruit of your life as a result of that. It's just, I mean, it's an example for everybody. Um, and Alyssa, you're just, you're not like out here, like I am like screaming from the rooftops to like 50,000 people every day about, about Jesus, but you have worked in such a big way because God used you to, to, to answer the prayers to save me. And you encourage so many people. I can't tell you how many messages I get all the time saying like your friend praying for you, just your friend praying for you, your friend praying for you. Like people are so, people are so encouraged by it. You've helped a lot of people just by literally doing the most simple thing that any Christian can do is just pray. And it's the one thing that we all underestimate the most. All of us, like we fall into this, like, like I know sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'll pray about that later. And then I'm like, no, pray about it literally right now. Like just do it because like, it's, it, it works. Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do. It becomes habit too. Like you, um, the more that you, that you pray, like the more often you're going to find yourself praying. Like I know for me, um, I, like, I just, I talk to God daily, Mm -hmm. but like all the time and about every little thing. 
Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, am I annoying? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you're not like you're not. And even the littlest things, like the littlest cares that you have, like God wants to hear them. And it just, you know, you're you're just gonna find yourself just like talking to him daily. Sometimes it's out loud, sometimes it's in your own mind. Um but yeah, that's oh man. Sorry, I'm like spaghettiing all over the place because I didn't I didn't know that so many people were like that yeah it's really really something it's really something like to see how god uses us for his glory it really is um speaking of prayer well thank you so much for doing this 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 was so fun um i can't wait to see you so soon in like a couple of days yeah literally (laughs) (sighs) um speaking of prayer can you um close out the audience just can you just pray over the audience in prayer Pray over Absolutely. the audience in prayer. Uh, that doesn't make sense, but you know prayer what I mean. Over the, it totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for this opportunity to be on this podcast and, and Lord, to just to speak truth to so many people, Lord. I thank you so much for Angela, Lord, and the, the work that you've done in her life and the way that you've used her gifts to reach so many people who are in the new age Lord. And God, I just, I pray that this episode will reach the people who need to hear it the most, the people who are discouraged and and the people who need to be reminded that you hear every single prayer and that not a single one, not a single solitary one goes unheard. And Lord, I just, I pray that you, that you bless Angela um, in the continuation of her of her ministry, Lord, and and Lord, I pray that you just you bless the people who are listening to it, um, and in your holy and righteous name, I pray, Amen. Amen. Amen.